Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the Advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The best in the world of college track and field, including five athletes from Montana State, compete in Tracktown USA beginning tonight. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The NCAA Outdoor Track and Field National Championship meet begins today in Eugene, Oregon. Wednesday evening at 6 p.m., MSU sophomore Colby Wilson will begin the men's pole vault. He's the first MSU pole vaulter to advance to the national meet since 1998. The only MSU vaulter to jump higher than Wilson's personal best mark of 17 feet, 7.75 inches, is MSU's John Works, the Big Sky and Montana State record holder in the event. A few minutes after the pole vault begins, Duncan Hamilton and Levi Taylor will run in the semifinals of the men's steeplechase. Hamilton, a junior from Bozeman, will be making his sixth consecutive NCAA meet appearance. Hamilton has claimed All-American accolades three times with his best finish, a fifth place showing at the 2021 outdoor meet a year ago in the steeplechase. Hamilton's season best time of 8 minutes, 26 seconds, currently ranks second on the NCAA performance list during this outdoor campaign. Taylor, a native of Laurel, had the eighth best qualifying time at the West Regional Meet and is also in the mix for All-American honors. And finally, MSU senior Drake Schneider will run in his second and final national meet, competing in the semifinals of the 400-meter hurdles at 7.30 tonight. And MSU junior Lucy Corbett competes in the women's high jump on Saturday afternoon. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Dare I say the Janet Jackson song that changed it all? 
This sort of set the stage for what she became in the 90s, right? I, I, she I don't know. She it, was like so stringent, rhythm nation. She wasn't quite fun and sexy yet. And then boom, this. And then bam, you had all of the 90s dominated by Joe Jackson. I, the, the one that did it for me was That's the Way Love Goes. Like that yeah, whole video was just like, sure. there was Janet. And then there was, oh, hi, Janet. Hey. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the ability to reinvent yourself used to be one of, if not the most important things in pop music. And uh, nobody did it better than the Jacksons, especially probably. You could actually say Janet might have done better than than everybody. You want us now, ESPN Radio? Not on SWX anymore because we got the NAIA World Series back up on the tube. We'll be back on SWX. If you want to see us... Um, we got people saying you look very nice today. So Really? Oh, yeah. So if you want to see Reggie, I'm sure because you haven't already, go download the ESPN Montana app. Thank you. I hope one of those is Mama New. Is it Mama <laughs> New? I love Mama New on it. See, it, I love compliments from moms because you know it's coming from the right place. Yeah, it's exactly right. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, fun first hour, we talked about uh, some local high school sporting storylines. We talked about professional sports and monopolies or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. We also talked a little Big Sky Conference ties in the NFL, and we also heard from a couple awesome members of the community. Thomas McClure. Great guy. Of the All Nations Health Center. Solid the man. Indigenous Heritage Celebration coming up June 16th through the 18th down there at the Missoula Paddlehead Stadium. And also our good buddy Jayton Simpson was in studio. Good brother. Promoting the Garden City 3-on-3, which is also that same weekend June 18th and the 19th down there at Southgate Mall. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as the Advocates. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls breakfast, lunch, dinner, early and late happy hours, a Sportsbet Montana machine. What else could you need? They got 18 big screen TVs, and uh, a variety of awesome sport events all the time. So go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Uh, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little NFL blindside. But I don't got the questions for you. You don't got the questions for me. I, what? Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back, he's got the questions for both of us. So these are just uh, some open-ended. I'm actually affable Andrew. I'm just going to go ahead and sit right down and settle in here. Speaking of seats, can a brother get a stool? I th- oh, sorry. Yours is, what is your, it? Standing room only? Your, your stool is uh, underneath there. All right. All right. All right. It's uh, it's the feng shui of the uh, the studio now, you know? Yes, yes. You got to keep them out of the way or something. I don't know. That's what, the, that's what our aspiring interior designers uh, <laughs> tell me. All right, Andrew. Uh... What do you got for us? What's your first NFL question? First question uh, is about a team we talk about a lot, but the Kansas City Chiefs last four years, minimum of 12 wins every year, Yep. minimum of a trip to the AFC Championship game every year. They've won two of those. They've won one Super Bowl. Ever since the first year of that run when Patrick Mahomes burst onto the scene, it feels like... They're the team that just gets mentioned in the number one contenders tier every year. You have to put them in. They have to be in that conversation. Sort of feels like they're not there this year, though. Do you agree with that take or not? And and if they're not there anymore, why not? Well, this is, this is a good one. Um, I'm going to add to this question for Rajim as well. Uh, 
Patrick Mahomes, as Andrew just stated, the, the Chiefs, 12 wins each of the last four years. AFC Championship games each of those four years. Two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl title. Patrick Mahomes uh, sits here now as uh, about to be 27 years old in September. <laughs> so I'm going to add to this question from Andrew with an over-under. Over-under... 2.5 more Super Bowls for Patrick Mahomes in his career. In his car- going forward. Yeah. Will he win more or less than two Super Bowls is basically what I'm asking. The, the 2.5 is my over-under. Under. I agree. Under. I've been thinking about this and talking about this and uh, sort of predicting this for, for quite some time. I think there's a variety of factors yes. that go into this. But I think that... Uh, the, the two primary factors is Patrick Mahomes struck while the iron was hot because he emerged to become a top-level quarterback uh, before he was make, making all the money, and then he signed the enormous contract. And just like we saw with Russell Wilson in Seattle, it caused for the incremental erosion of a lot of other areas of their roster. And now... You look at the Chiefs roster, and gone is Tyreek Hill, and uh, gone is Tom Bahali and Chandler Jones and a variety of other, oh, excuse me, Chandler Jones with the Cardinals. I always get the red teams mixed up. But what I'm saying is they have not been, they, they don't have Tyrone, uh, Tyrone Matthew. Matthew. Um, they've had a lot of guys that have not, they've not been able to afford to re-sign their offensive line, it doesn't look like it once did. They have several Mm-mm. of those uh, stalwarts missing as well. And also, there's the the lingering but omnipresent concerns about Andy Reid's health and longevity as well. I mean, he had some health issues this last year. But I think that it, it's not one specific thing that you can point to. It's the sum of all of these things. Patrick Mahomes is starting to deal with what many superstars deal with. Constant scrutiny of his life. His wife has become a storyline. His brother has become a storyline. His salary has become a storyline. His presence in public events. All of those things add. The contract, the huge contract, it adds. The pressure to continue to replicate what has been one of the great four-year stretches in quarterback play in NFL history. Ever. I mean, all of those things. But then you have factors like Christian Kirk breaking the wide receivers market and that making it so they can't afford Terry Kill. Travis Kelsey's not getting any younger or any cheaper. Brent Clark's not getting any younger or any cheaper. So all of these factors continue to put more and more and more pressure on the Chiefs. There's a reason why you don't really have runs that last more than, I mean, what's the longest run in NFL history in terms of consistent dominance? Probably the Steelers in the 70s when they were, they won four Super Bowls in eight years. Uh, maybe, maybe. The, the Niners when they had a three-peat? The, the, the Niners when the they... Belichick had, Brady Patriots. Yeah, or, or, right, for sure. We're talking about teams we actually like. <laughs> for sure. But the the, re, the the definitive reason why the, the Patriots could always do it is Tom Brady never took the $50 million a year. Tom Brady always took the $15 million a year and decided, I'm going to go make my tens of millions advertising Stetson and weird other stuff like uh, that. man boots. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I, I guess I, the, I think that some people are surprised that the Chiefs maybe aren't 
remaining as the front runner. But this is what I've always said. I said this when Ryan Tutel was still the co-host of the show Toots. several years ago. I said, Patrick Mahomes being such a transcendent star that wins the Super Bowl at such an early age is not a huge predictor for him winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl. It's not. Because actually, it's it it... it, it it goes the other way almost always. If you win super early, then you get paid super young, and then your team can't afford to keep the roster around you. It's a way better sweet spot to do it. I mean, that's why – think about, about a lot of the legendary guys. So many of them win Super Bowls later, later. in their careers yep. when they're not at the height of their powers, when they're a little bit less expensive, a la Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, and I, I could say there was some of that same scrutiny uh, Russ Wilson was placated with. For sure. It, success too early. One factor uh, that you did not mention, Coulter, uh, was other teams come of age. Well, that's exactly right. And, and look at their division. Divi- to me, the AFC uh, West is the most dangerous division in football. I mean, Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Bingo. Wow. And then you talk about Justin Herbert. I Boom. Mean, he might be on the most rapid ascension of any quarterback in the league. And Derek Carr and the Raiders got really good over the summer, on, on, especially on offense. So you, sure. when, when, you, when you look of, uh, at all of the internal factors that the Chiefs had and then the external things they have no control over, um, it puts them in a very precarious position to not be that, as Andrew so uh, poignantly pointed out, that shoe-in to be one or two every year. Do you feel like Mahomes is experiencing losing his luster a little bit because of overexposure as much as uh, other factors? You know, I, I think what also has caught up with him is Film and technology. Sure, um, there there are things that he he brought to the game that no other quarterback did. It his three quarter release, looking like he's trying to throw someone out from third. To, you know, going from the three bag to the one bag, and now you know four or five years in the league, people. You, you're, you're not as gimmicky. Your your novelty has worn off, a la Kyler Murray. Um, you start becoming kind of Wonder Man instead of Superman. Nuanas now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, wrapping all things NFL. A good first question just about are, are we surprised that the Chiefs are not that definitive right off the top of your head, right off the tip of your tongue when people are asked about uh, NFL contenders? And I do think that it is a definitive uh, reality in terms of the narrative around the team. And I think there's just so much from roster constraints to coaching there, even even the Eric Bieniemy situation is is one that's uh, another part of the deal. Is is Bieniemy is sitting here as this offensive coordinator who's coordinated some of the best offenses in the NFL, and he hasn't gotten uh, really even that much of a sniff as a NFL head coach. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Him being a uh, one of the one of the most accomplished black men in the profession definitely is part of the conversation. But then he has continually been quoted saying if I want to have an NFL job, I got to go get one myself too. So maybe there's a professional development link that's missing. But even any of that existing, though, is also a part of this conversation about the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that situation of not handled or or dealt with uh, appropriately in the next year can become very cantankerous uh, in, in, in that clubhouse. Or there could be some strategic planning behind the scenes that maybe Andy Reid steps down another year. Yeah, right, and, right. And, 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 and the anointed becomes the appointed. Well, what did we what did we see in Tampa Bay? I mean, Bruce Arians basically decided, you know, I'm getting close to have had enough. We've been really, really good on defense. I want Todd Bowles to be the head coach of the Bucks. If I don't step away now, Todd Bowles will go become the head coach of someone else. And so he stepped away and basically handed down. So maybe there is a similar situation on the horizon hey, in Kansas City. You never know. I'm trying to keep that glass half full.
All right, Andrew, what's your second NFL Fired. Well, Coulter, this one's maybe more for you, but I, I just got to thinking, here's the hypothetical. You got the number one pick in your fantasy draft this year. Who are you going for? Ooh, wow. Rajim, I don't know if you do fantasy football oh, or not. Actually, We've never talked about it. <laughs> That's funny. This guy don't know this, brother. We we we, we uh, need to go out for wings, brother. Yeah, 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 uh, we should, for real. Rajim. We go to the Despo and watch Eagles Giants, man, at some <laughs> point. You don't want you don't want to see tears come off this face, man. <laughs> I'm, I love my team, but I'm also realistic about them. They stink. I refrain from asking the Giants question here in, in this segment because I'm a nice guy, you know. <laughs> Affable Andrew, everybody. Rajim does uh, get some fantasy dirt too, so he can he can uh, chip in on this. Uh, it's funny because I have a few blocks when it comes to fantasy football. Um, you know. I am, uh, how, how would you say this? Um, I have a hard time really buying into massively trendy things. There are some exceptions to that rule for me, especially if they involve competition and or gambling. So I continue to play fantasy football basically because of the wagering portion of it. But one of my flaws in fantasy is I have a really, really hard time drafting players that I don't like and or drafting players from teams I don't like. I don't like spending my time watching people that I don't like. So then therefore, you know, I'm lucky enough to have like my favorite team, my only last team that I like in the world in any sport really is the Minnesota Vikings. I am lucky enough to have several really good fantasy players on the Vikings like Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, those guys are all worthy of fantasy picks. Mm-hmm. I also like a lot of other guys that have fantasy upsides. But also, it's so funny because I was chided in my consistent fantasy football leagues for several years for always taking Cooper Cup. I have had the last laugh on the Cooper Cup debate all of the years except for the year that he got hurt. Everybody always says, well, you're just drafting him because you've interviewed him and you know him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, but also the dude catches 15 passes a game. So, <laughs> but I was so vindicated last year because I had Cup and he rode me all the way to my fantasy league championship. All that said, I can't take that dude uh, as my number one overall pick. Honestly, the first guy whose name snapped into my mind is Jonathan Taylor from the, oh! from the Indianapolis Colts. Is that what you what got? One of those two initials, J- JT. JT. You did. You got it. Um, but you're more of a fantasy guru than me. Although Jonathan Taylor is a, a worthy guy of a, you know, a top whatever. Let's say you're in a, a 12-team league. It, he's worth a top 25 pick for sure. But is he worth the number one overall pick? Who are your number one overall pick candidates for fantasy football? I'll be honest. I usually go running backs first because there aren't that many. For sure. That are going to be that good, that have the duality of running and being a good pass catcher at the same time. So for me, guys like him, the Austin Ecklers of the world, are like almost like you, you got to snatch them early. Just because receivers, there's a ton of them. Um, and, you, and you can go out there and get some really good receivers later. Um, I love Austin Eckler. I love Christian McCaffrey. I love Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook. Um I've, I've rode the Derrick Henry train for the last couple of years. I'm pulling up my fantasy notes because as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm going back. To, I'm going into the files, boys and girls. Um, I, I, I go running backs first. I take two running backs. Then I go tight end. I go back to a running back. And then I go to receivers. Do you find it fa- – I, I find it uh, 
interesting to analyze the direct reflection of of the changes in the game, especially on offensive foot in offensive football, of how much closer in value running backs and receivers have gotten in recent years. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. it used to be that you would all you'd want to have at least your starting running back, if not two running backs on your roster before you even touched a receiver. Now, with some of the top guys. Devontae Adams in recent years. Who knows if he still has that same sort of production. But some of the top-level receivers, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, guys like that. Totally. You know, uh, Stephen Diggs. Stephon Diggs, yep. Those dudes all are maybe then guys that can go a little bit ahead of, like, that second tier of running backs. It's sort of just a reflection of the way football is played. Yeah, and this year, you know, when I was, we were texting earlier, this year is very interesting because of the carousel of players landing elsewhere. Um, like, Devontae Adams, I love what the Raiders are doing on paper, but... There's only X amount of touches on that team when you look at his running back, when you look at uh, Rivera being the tight end. So even like a guy like Devontae Adams, who historically I would draft high, especially in PPR leagues, I'm actually staying away from this year uh, in the first round just because of the system that he is now in. And not necess- he may not necessarily be Derek Carr's number one as Aaron Rodgers made him. You know what I'm saying? So this year, uh, fantasy actually has a different feel, like Tyreek Hill not being in Kansas City. The, the reason that Jonathan Taylor... Sick. Jumped into my mind right away. Sick. Is one thing I always try to analyze is running backs that are elite running backs that also have incredibly high usage rates because those guys are almost certainly like a ticking time bomb. Oh, exactly. Like, do I think that Jonathan Taylor is a, a, an overall better option than a Derrick Henry right now? No, I do not. But no. I also think that. Derrick Henry's fuse on his ticking time bombs a lot shorter, shorter. than Jonathan Henry's. Totally. Or Jonathan uh, Taylor's. Jonathan Taylor. I think for Jonathan Taylor, for me, when I look at the age of his last two quarterbacks, that's a lot of touches due to old lasagna neck uh, uh, coming in. So you know he's <laughs> going you know to get a lot, uh, several more touches, even increased from last year. Uh, when I look but, at a guy... But I guess why I said the ticking time bomb part of it is just because so often you, if you use a... Let's say you draft. I had this happen with Chris McCaffrey uh, last year in one of my leagues, the one I didn't win. Right. I drafted him number one overall. Then he mm-hmm. was hurt all year. All it, year. It kills you. It's one of the things that can kill you the most is getting lucky enough to get that number one overall pick, using it on a surefire guy, and then having him be hurt. And sit on your bench and take up a spot that someone else could be occupying. It's hard. Uh, I want to go back to the whole Derrick Henry thing. To me, Derrick Henry, he's, it's it's... You know, is is he going to have a 200-yard game or is he going to have an 87-yard game? Uh, the way in which he's playing, especially bigger backs right now, like Derrick Henry was my number one dude last year. I'm not sure he's my number one dude this year, even in my keeper league. So uh, we'll see. But I love Jonathan Taylor. I like the ticking time bomb. I'm thinking about the Mission Impossible theme going across the screen right now uh, with both of those guys run, <laughs> trying to keep that fuse uh, further behind them. So if if if... Taylor, due to touches, can get hurt, and Derrick Henry, doing to be who Derrick Henry is, who's your happy medium? Well, I, I also I have also gravitated away from PPR leagues quite often. I know that's an unpopular thing. A lot of people that are what? listening to this uh, are in PPR leagues. I'm not sure we can be friends. But uh, there are a couple other guys that maybe have a longer fuse, so to speak. And again... This is only just when it comes to the incremental wear and tear on the body of running backs because you could have a uh, you could have the longest fuse in the world. I mean, you could get you could get hurt on your first carry of your NFL career, and it's over. You know, or you or you can you know get hurt 
early on in your career. I mean, Austin Eckler is a guy that's going to be high on a lot of fantasy boards. He's not immune to it, even though he hasn't had as much wear and tear. He's still gotten hurt seriously oh, absolutely. in the NFL before. You know, you want to say to a, point to a guy like Najee Harris, who maybe has, can have a breakout year I like him. in his second year. He's going to get a ton of touches. Alvin um, Kamara will get a ton of touches Alvin this Kamara, year. Joe Mixon. Love him. But there's this... It's so interesting because there's this group of really good running backs. Derrick Henry's one of them. Dalvin Cook's one of them. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott's one of them. Joe Mixon's probably getting up towards that same realm where these guys have now been around for a while. And you, you never know... It, you know again... Anybody can just have a bad angle that results in a popped ACL at any time, but it's the it's the the lingering calf injury that take that costs you three games instead of one. Bad shoulders, or, you, or your bad shoulder, or a, a, an injury that it keeps coming back. You're out for a game. You're bad. Dalvin Cook has gone through this already, where he gets the bad shoulder and then he's out for a game, a two games. The ankle, bad, you know, game. The Melvin Gordon's of the world, in and out, in and out. So, you know, we can sit here until we're blue in the face giving you all this advice, but. Uh, yep. I just my general rule is think about how much wear and tears on the tires, but also think about how many opportunities the guy is going to get. But also think about his backup, not because of the conventional thought of handcuffing the guy, mm-hmm. but also because if a guy has a good backup, then he's not going to get rode to death. Sometimes that's been Ezekiel Elliott's biggest issue in Dallas is it's Zeke or nobody. Like they don't have a spell back. Dalvin Cook, he has sort of always been uh, teetering on it, but they also have Alexander Madison, who's a good backup. Very good. And and he can get you some carries. So, I don't know. Sometimes th- there's a there's a wide array, but I do say I do agree with you. Draft running backs early. And uh, the guys that you could throw up there towards the top of the deal, I don't know. I also, I also, also wonder, though, if maybe we're creeping towards the day and age where Somebody might take a wide receiver number one overall and not get mocked for it. It's coming, In man. recent years, it, you'd get mocked for it. But if you did, I don't know, man. Like, Jamar Chase might be in that conversation right now. It's the, it's the evolution of the game. It's the total evolution of the game. And who's – who? I mean, when you look at some of these wide receiver screen sets, like, it's it's an extension of the running game. So – Wide receivers now more than ever are are the hottest gimmick uh, because they're they're inside, they're outside, they're slot backs, they're halfbacks, they're they're doing it all. So um, I don't know, Coulter, you're a, you're you're a swami unto yourself, and uh, you <laughs> usually say things, and then six months later they come into fruition, <laughs> and uh, you never know, man. I I, I hope it does because if that's the case, I will give you credit where credit is due. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, but not right now. So if you want to watch us, go to our ESPN Montana app. Either way, get the ESPN Montana app in your life. Very beneficial for you. A great way to. Listen and stream this show live and archived anytime, anywhere from your all of your mobile devices. The ESPN Roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has 30 big screen TVs and 18 draft beers. Great place for breakfast, lunch, and dinner to hang out with family and or friends. Go check out Paradise Falls on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street. Paradise Falls, Missoula's cool hotspot. All right. So here's the my opening question for you, Rajim Seabrook in studio with us. Which NFL team and or teams, we'll just start with your first answer to this, is going to have the most different record than they did a year ago? For better or for worse? And I could give you a little look-see here at the uh, the records as well. 
I can go first if you'd like me to. You can go first. Okay. Uh, my answer it brings me great glee. Hopefully, it doesn't get me in trouble. Uh, but my my first thought that comes to my mind is the Green Bay Packers. I think they'll have an objectively different record because I think their record is going to be much worse than the 13-4 and four they went a year ago. I still do think the Packers will be in the mix for the playoffs. I think they'll be in the mix for the division title as well, only because I don't think anybody in that division is all that good. I think the Packers are a little worse than they have been. I don't know if Minnesota got any better. I think they're just about right, right where they were the last couple years. They did an 8-10 to 10 win team. The Bears aren't good unless Justin Fields takes a huge jump, and the Lions just aren't good. <laughs> so, but I do think the Packers have a chance to to take a step back. You know, two three win decline from their thirteen and four year uh, two falls ago. Uh, I guess, uh, last fall, excuse me. I'm going to say I'm not. I don't want to say drastic because I don't want to create polarization. But I think a team that's going to do better, and I will switch conferences over to the AFC, are going to be the Denver Broncos. I think uh, they end the season last year at 7-10. and 10. Uh, They acquire Russ Wilson, a, a, a lot more steady quarterback at the helm than Andrew Locke was. And I, I feel Drew that... Drew Locke. Or Drew Locke, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at Andrew, but I'm... I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that putting Russ with that team, they go from 7-10 and 10 to a possibly... Uh, Ten and seven team, or or even eleven, better. or even better. Yeah. So for me, it's it's got to be the Denver Broncos, and I know my man Jimbo Compton is uh, is listening and is probably happy about that prediction. A couple other teams, I think, will have different records than they did a year ago, whether it's for better or for worse. Uh, I think that the Arizona Cardinals have a chance to have a worse record than a year ago. <laughs> Rajiv's got the. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I think they'll be better. The Jets were 4-13 and 13 last year, so it's not that stark of a challenge to be better than 4-13. and 13. Uh, That division's gotten better, though, too. I do think that the trends of sports are so interesting. You know, it's the old Ryan Tutel take. The Patriots are 6-0 and before the season even starts because the whole rest of the division's garbage. That's not the case anymore because that was scary. That was pretty good. Like you had <laughs> you had enough like mucus and like half eaten lunch and a couple of golf and mothballs in uh, your throat to pull off the gus. I love it. That was boy, awesome. Our boys in North Carolina, so I know he's not listening. So there's no way you can get mad at me. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with the Jets. I don't know enough about the Jets. I think the culture. I, here's the thing. You know how it takes one person to start a revolution, right? I think that I'm, I've been sold on this, and I hate the Jets. You know this. I think that their culture is chain, will change in the locker room without. They started really well with leadership. They did it uh, this past year. They drafted, I think, one of the top five uh, drafts uh, of this of this uh, of this current uh, year going into the season, and I think the Jets have an incredible amount of turnaround and youth coming in coming into uh, coming to the forefront. Uh, I really like Sauce Gardner. I, he's he's scrappy, um, and I just think <laughs> for for the sake of time, the Jets, it's time for the Jets to kind of have some more relevancy. Couple, I know I'm only predicting the teams I think are going to be worse. Let's do a little positive. Teams I think are going to be better this year. I think the Broncos is a, a decent one. I, I I just cringe at the ways that Russell Wilson makes teams better, but that's me. That has nothing to do with you or him or anybody else. That's me. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But the uh, I think that the two teams that I thought 
were going to be playoff teams last year that weren't, and so much of it was because of either injury or misfortune or both. Who's that? Were the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Because Lamar Jackson yes. got hurt, and they had a really hard time. They were they had so many close games with Tyler Hudley as their quarterback, but they didn't win any of them. And it just, it just decimated them by the time Lamar Jackson came back. It was over. And then the other one, though, is the Indianapolis Colts. And I actually thought it was sort of a disservice by the national media to not tell the story of the Colts better last year. I knew so much about it because they were the first team ever to do HBO's Hard Knocks in season. So usually Hard Knocks is just a training camp show. Mm-hmm. They did Hard Knocks throughout the entire year. Well, um, the story that didn't get a bunch of run was three of their five offensive linemen all were expecting children um, at, the, at relatively the same time. So all of their wives they were all sort of, of similar ages. They were all you know, kind of planning on celebrating their children together. Well, then Ryan Kelly, who's their all-pro center there in uh, Indy, he and his wife lost their mm-hmm. their young one. That I mean, it killed their team because he was the heart and soul of that offensive line and of the offense in general. Carson Wentz, who was already sort of struggling, had a really hard time without Ryan Kelly to do all that stuff. But I just think that the Colts they have they have the most. I, I think if you if you run, there's a there's a variety of ways to run your, your franchise, but I do think that if you're stacking it up with headlining type players. And you wanted to just have stars on both sides of the ball. I think the Colts have as many stalwart stars as anybody. When you talk about DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard and uh, Kenny Moore on their defense, and then you, and Stephon Gilmore added to their defense as well. And then you talk Stud. on you talk on offense. Some of the up and comers that they got. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is about to be a star. He looked like the best running back in the NFL the second half of the season last year. They have one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. With Ryan Kelly returning, Quentin Nelson looks like he's on his way to being a Hall of Famer. And then you talk about some of their emerging receivers. Michael Pittman could be an absolute freak. Beast. I mean, Paris Campbell, when he's healthy, he's really good. They got, you know, the unit in Mo Alley Cox. I mean, they have talent. So, uh, and then you talk about maybe a change of voice in the huddle. I know you don't like lasagna noodle neck, Matt Ryan. I think he has a better chance to be a better leader and a better in a better situation with this team. And I think they're better with him than they were with Carson Wentz. Oh, they're a much better team with them. I just don't. I just don't trust the Prince of Pasta to, to hold up throughout the season, <laughs> and uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Maddie Ice has to do. More to make NFL it talk. Plus, the NBA Finals back finally yeah. at long last. It's in Boston. Celtics three and a half point favorites. Who am I betting on tonight? And what do we think of the ramifications of what could come from this game? NFL. NBA Finals next. Keep it right here. Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. 
born again, the hooligan, no need to be king again. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and take it slowly, ready or not, oh. Why do you think Lauryn Hill, like, disappeared? Like, the Fugees, this album was huge. Their follow-up album was good. And then she had her solo album, which, like, swept the Grammys. It was, like, what, like a phenomenon. And then her Unplugged album was sick. And then she, like, just went away. So here's, here's I've had this conversation with multiple people, females in particular. So her, like Nora Jones, yeah. like Alanis Morissette, yep. like a lot of actresses, they became mothers. That's, that's well, great point. You know, real life reality, and, and yeah. real life reality uh, checked in. And when you talk Not really about easy to be on tour when you're a mom. Well, no, and when you right. listen to the lyrics and the artistry of the of of those artists, those are moms getting it done. You know what I'm saying? Totally, so totally. I I I miss Lauren and I miss yep. I miss artists of her ilk. But I also respect that blankety blank out of those who said my this comes first. Well, I also think that so much of music is your own personal perspective and your own personal connection to what you're singing about. And Alanis Morissette's a great example of that. Totally. Alanis Morissette, I don't know if you've been following this Music Box series on HBO. If not, you got to get it in your life. But it's like a they do little documentaries about different elements of music. They have one on DMX that's really good. Heard about that. And one of them's called... Jagged, and it's all about Alanis Morissette, and the the I know every lyric the, to every song I mean, the, on that album. I, the <laughs> dynamic of when like albums like that used to drop, I don't know if it exists anymore because now the internet gets flooded with it, and you can have you know eight, ten songs in the top fifty in the world without everybody running out to the record store to buy your album. It's just a different way of distribution now. Totally, totally. It's Nuanas now, by the way, ESPN Radio. Rajim Seabrook here with me, Coulter Nuanas, talking all things music. Um, but people forget, like Jagged Little Pill, at one moment in time, they estimated that one out of every 10 American households had that album in it. Guaranteed. I mean, it was like a, a as a big of a phenomenon as, as American music had seen since, like, what, Whitney Houston's debut album, Michael Jackson? I mean, it was an enormous album. But also, that documentary is so fascinating because it puts into perspective how it was this explosion of fame. And Alanis Morissette was only 19 years old when that happened. A baby in the and, game of life. And she talks about that. She's like, as I grew older, I grew more mature. I realized all the things I learned from, but I couldn't write this angsty type music anymore because it wasn't me. And so then she kind of fell off in popularity because of that for doing nothing more than just growing as a person. I know. And you know who I can also modern day era that I can compare that to? Uh, switching to male artist? Eminem. Eminem, like all the stuff that he would talk about his ex and his daughter, like you you evolve and you grow and you see the narrative change within the music. Uh, other, other artists that I see that in, um, Jay-Z, Nas. Your your favorite rock and roll group of all time, the Beatles. Like you just see the evolution, the maturity, the produ uh, productivity, production, and growth of an artist. Um, but yeah, Alanis. I had a I had a CD in the car and a CD in the house, so I could just get out of the car. And <laughs> I, I know I'm gonna get like some very very interesting text after this uh, after this uh, show. But uh, no, tra transcended space time at that at that time. Great album. Great dynamic, great conversation. I have a present for you. You have a present for me? I've been teasing this. What's up? Uh, 
this is a great book that uh, I need yes. you to add to your stack. You're a great reader. Thank and you. I'm sure you got plenty of books going, but if and when you need a new one, I think this will captivate you immensely. It is absolutely one of the great books I've ever read. Um, for those watching in on either the ESPN Montana app or on YouTube, first of all, thanks for doing it. Uh, for those listening on the radio, the book is The Sports Gene by David Epstein, and uh, it's just a great, great research into the genetics that go into athletic achievement. You know, you can you can say, man, most of the great distance runners in the world are from Kenya, and that sounds like a stereotype until you analyze the science and the culture of why. This book breaks that down. You can say some of the fastest people on earth are from Kingston, Jamaica. This book breaks down the DNA, the genetics, and the nurture. This is the nature and the nurture of what goes into athletic elitism, what makes you truly world-class in certain ways. And they, they do everything from... David Epstein does everything from analyze people that were gifted with unbelievable height to people that were gifted with unbelievable strength, to people that were gifted with unbelievable endurance, and how does their genetic makeup, their actual DNA influence their uh, athletic prowess? It's uh, it's a very interesting book, and I think that you'll find it fascinating because it's not just science. It's it's science and culture. It's nature and nurture, and uh, it's one of my favorite books ever. So, well, I just I just read the first page of the introduction, and I, I read really fast. As you can yeah, tell, yeah. like oh, I did. I in that, that in that time, I read almost a, two pages. Um, I'm already captivated. This is uh, this is interesting, and I just I love where it's going. The, the nature versus nurture debate. Uh, are you born with it, or do you procure it over time? Exactly. And then if you are born with it, what procurement does it take? Right. Right? Like, right. if you are born in the mountains in Kenya, right. then also, though, what activities in your life leads you to be able to run the Boston Marathon in two hours? That's what this book, that's what this book dialogues, is, is all Thank of the factors that go into it. Merci beaucoup. Mon frère, for the non-French speakers in the room, thank you very much, my brother. Appreciate you. Yep, uh, very much love sharing the literature. I can't believe how many people in my life have asked me, "Why don't you just get a Kindle?" What do you mean? My Buddy. biggest collection is all my books. Oh I'm my nobody gosh. without my library. What do I even have to show you when you come to my house besides my books I or wish. my office? When besides my books? So in between <laughs> my bed. Like, my bed and my dresser, I have a stack of books and a journal. Like, it's just... It's great. And Do you read multiple books at once? Yes, absolutely. See, uh, I, there's... Uh, it's so interesting because certain people think that makes you crazy. Uh, so, crazy cool. Yeah, right? Crazy smart. There's some people I know that only read one book at a time. There's other people I know that read, like, eight books at a time. I don't really know anybody that's kind of in the middle that's just like a one or two, like a two or three. It's it's either like one or eight. How many books you got going right now? Five. Yep. Five books. And probably and about to be six. Cause this this is definitely about to be you, six. You probably read at least 20 pages of it before you put, pick it back up. Or and whatever. then you know me, I'm a big comic book reader. So yep, the yep. amount of comic books I read a week almost equate to another book every week. Book Club on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Gather also, around. Also the tea is hot. Now. The coffee's brewing. <laughs> we, pastries are in the oven. We drank too much coffee. That's why we're analyzing <laughs> the songwriting of late 90s uh, <laughs> female music artists. We are in the weeds, ladies and gentlemen. The NBA Finals returns at 7 p.m. tonight. Let's pay one more set of bills and then come back with some analysis about what's been going down. It hasn't gone as much as the... 
the pundits expected. It has gone off script a bit. Boston has a huge chance to take a huge upper hand tonight. Keep it right here. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio with special guest, Raju Zebrook. impact that that certain elements of pop culture can have on you when you're a kid listening to this tony braxton song makes me think of this tony braxton music video which makes me think about when i was first watching this tony braxton music video when i was of a very young age impressionable and being unbelievably in love with this person that was on uh, this sultry singer on my television set love tony braxton man i was the same way with Madonna and Janet Jackson. See, that's like, so I, interesting. I, well, because I'm, I'm uh, Janet Jackson resonates with me a lot. I'm I, a lot older. Madonna's than you. never been my thing, man. Madonna's fun pop music. I love the reinventions over and over. She's a great entrepreneur. She's a visionary. She, uh, how do you say? She she never she never lit me on fire like Tony Braxton and Dude, Janet I, Jackson did. Well, for me, Madonna was a she was a hometown hero. Like she's a You're she's a I'm a New guy, York guy, sure, and like sure. that was a Madonna was a. You know, larger she, than life. And she was New York's. Would you agree with this? That New York City's like height of prowess, and I'm taking anything away from it now, but was in the 80s. Oh, big time! 70s, 70s, 80s, 70s, like, 80s, early 90s. Yeah, absolutely. And Madonna was at her peak of her powers during that time too. Oh, absolutely. So when you look at where I'm at in life, I'm old, getting the AARP applications already. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said it publicly. Um, <laughs> No, I loved Janet and Madonna. Let's go. <laughs> That's for the Silver Foxes in the room. What's your favorite Madonna song? Ooh, uh, Borderline was one of my favorite. Ooh, uh, Material okay. Girl was another one. Um, Vogue, just because it 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 just it brought some intersectionality okay. to the world. Like yep. it it just it also opened up the community. Uh, the LGBT community for sure to at that time in New York where AIDS was such a a damning thing for sure um, it just opened up so many other things and I was working at the Gap at the time as a kid okay. so like the nineties that was it was just such a transcending uh, time for pop culture sports politics the world so yeah so much great analysis I knew that I knew Papa the, don't preach another good one like a prayer like uh, oh, I one of the best videos I knew ever. that our female. Uh, solo artist discussion would stimulate much of exactly that discussion. It is Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. <laughs> Thanks for kicking with us. Thanks for humoring us as we talk our way around the world of music and sports. 
Very fun show. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me. We have talked all the way around music, of course, but also the live tour and its existence as symbolism for competing professional sports leagues. Why is it working right now in golf? Working is a, an arbitrary word. Why is it uh, disrupting so much in golf right now? And why does it have a hard time in other sports? We also talked some uh, Big Sky Conference football guys in the NFL. We heard from Thomas McClure of the All-Nations Health Center, the Indigenous Heritage Celebration, coming up next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We also heard from Jayton Simpson, the Garden City Shootout, coming up next uh, Saturday and Sunday. We also talked all the way around the NFL, and now we're going to talk some NBA. You can find everything on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana as well as the Advocates. What do you think of the NBA Finals so far? They've been dope, son. Sorry, I had to go back to 99. I have no dog in the fight. I'm not a Golden State fan. You know me. I hate everything Boston. But the games have just been filled with drama, theatrics, heroics, uh, seeing some young guys come of age, seeing some older guys, well, now older guys, mm-hmm. mature. Um, love all the hijinks that's still coming out of Draymond. Like, it's just, it's what I want in an NBA final. So often when we have uh, great teams that know how to win at this level of the postseason. Yes. And they have great home court advantages like the Golden State Warriors do. It, it's sort of just predicted that the home team is going to go up 2 nothing. Then the... The team that goes back for the home game in Game 3 is going to win that game, and then the series begins, and it's 2-1, to one, and the team that doesn't have home court advantage is going to have uphill sledding, but that's kind of when the series begins. We've seen it so many times, especially when there's veteran teams matching up in the finals. Boston completely disrupted that entire prediction by winning Game 1, and now with Game 3 in Boston with the Celtics as a favorite, seems like they have a... Opportunity to take a commanding, uh, to, to start commanding this series. Oh, I know it's uh, it's it's great. Like I'm I'm excited about the drama that's around here because the Boston fans, as you know, are ravenous for sure. Are ravenous. I don't care how cool hand Luke you are. That's an agitation, like for sure. How uh, this Boston team fits the Boston personality so much too. Like oh. they've had great iterations of different teams, but this one with you know junkyard dog type, like with Marcus Smart, the oh, savvy, savvy <laughs> veteran in the post, and now Horford. I mean, what's it, found a youth? It, he found it, it. exactly. It, it's it's just like the Boston faithful want it to be drawn up. It is, and I love that. And then from the other side, it's kind of like. You go back to a couple of years ago when when Steph and Clay and company were nothing but little baby face angels of the NBA. They are now like the grizzled veterans who responded in Game Two. You know what I mean? So you you're watching almost like this second pubescent age of Golden State happening because when you really think about how young they are, they they're still right there. And I love the other you know the the East Coast West Coast uh, rivalry, uh, California New England. Like it just it has all the makings of 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 a great series. And I I I honestly think it's going to go to a game seven. Or, or wishfully thinking. Our boy got paid. We were talking fantasy football, NFL. We were talking about Cooper Cup last segment. Cooper Cup just announced, or I guess uh, sources say, just signed a three-year, $78.5 million extension. That makes his overall contract for the Los Angeles Rams five years and $110 million. Former Eastern Washington star, 
the Grizzly killer, the Bobcat killer, the Big Sky Conference killer. I mean, you can't even say he performed at his best against any particular team because dude was just like 10 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns against everybody he played in college. I mean, he scored 80 touchdowns in college. Think of that. That's crazy. It's an unbreakable record, or at least one that won't be broken for a long time. But congratulations to Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, now a $100 million man. Brother, if you're listening, I just need to borrow $11.27. <laughs> Might even get you one meal this day and age. Can you even go anywhere in the world to eat now for 11 Dollar menu, baby. <laughs> Actually, it's like a $3 menu now. And at $11, $11, that's only two gallons of gas to get there. Right, no kidding, right? So I, back to the NBA Finals, though, I do think that tonight's game, which tips at 7 p.m. on ABC, is uh, an intriguing one, an interesting one, one that... Uh, could have a big influence in the way that the rest of the series goes. I agree with you. I do think this is a seven-game series, but how we get to that Game 7 is going to be very compelling depending on who does what win. And uh, I think that if the Celtics were to win this game tonight, that puts enormous pressure on the Warriors for Game 4. If the Warriors are to win this game tonight, that puts enormous pressure on the Celtics for Game 4 because Mm -hmm. then they're going to go back to Oakland and uh, that's when it's going to be back and forth, topsy-turvy all the way around. So I'm loving the matchups in this series. Uh, you, you have to wonder. Uh, to me, the main narrative of the NBA Finals right now is that Steph went nuclear in Game 1 and they didn't win. So how much will that linger and hurt them moving forward? They can squelch that by taking a 2-1 lead or by winning either of these next two games in Boston. But you don't want that demon to haunt you for a really long time because... They got what they needed out of Steph that game one. It was vintage Steph, and they did not win that game. So you wonder if that comes back to haunt them later down the road. Yeah, but then game two, it was less about vintage Steph and more about vintage Warrior Ball. And that was, the to me, was the turn of the tide. They played better as a team and worried less about the individual. We will be back at it tomorrow. By the way, the Missoula Paddleheads are back in town. Tonight, So that means we'll have Missoula Paddleheads action. And how about a great deal at Western Cider? If you go in before any home game and you have a Paddleheads ticket, if you show the ticket at Western Cider, you're going to get a buy one, get one free cider deal. That's right. Buy one cider, get the second free. Kick back and enjoy a cheese or charcuterie plate with your delicious cider and take a quick walk over the California Street Bridge to cheer on the Paddleheads. Western Cider, 501 North California Street, open 4 to 8, Monday through Thursday, and noon to 8, Friday through Sunday. Missoula Paddleheads back in action tonight. We'll be back in action tomorrow at 4 p.m. We will have a variety of guests joining us, including Justin Angle, a business angle. He was not able to do it on Tuesday, so he will come uh, join us tomorrow. We're also going to hear from Ian Finch, a Missoula Hellgate graduate who is headed to the Montana Grizzlies to play football. And don't look now, Duncan Hamilton, Levi Taylor, they race here in about six minutes. We'll have NCAA outdoor track and field results for you as well. We'll see you then. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.